I left the city, I've been browsed. Treading water that they drown. I head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 101 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. We got a great show for you tonight. Uh, I'm super excited to you know, announce both of our guests here. Mung is having the night off. He's been on every single pod since this got started, but he's got his draft tonight. And he's like, sorry, Dad, I'm going to need a night off. You know, and, and John's traveling the world like he always is. But I got two guys that you know started out in, in the Smash Accept listener leagues. Then in the Patreon, two of the guys that I respect most in the industry, two guys that are under a thousand followers that absolutely deserve your follow because they've been putting out great content. They're great guys in general, you know, good fantasy minds, but even better, better guys that I talk to all the time for, for Dynasty Trades. So without further ado, I want to introduce Adam Armour. Welcome back to the show again. You know, I'm super excited to really dive into this 22 class, dive into what's going to happen here in the next couple weeks because it's almost season. Yes, sir. Happy to be on and happy to, to be on with the other two gents. We'll introduce uh, the, the latter here in a second, but uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, it, it's, it's uh, preseason's over and it is regular season time, baby. And our, our first, first time guest here, you know, super excited. He's, you've probably heard his name on the podcast quite a bit because he's been so active in the Patreon, so active in all the Smash Leagues. He put out some great threads this week that we're going to talk about. Super excited to have you on the show. Josh Brown, how you doing tonight? Oh man, I'm doing doing great. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is just exciting. I, I love the Smash Smash Except podcast and uh, learn so much. And hopefully, uh, I'm going to share some knowledge too. And that's that's what we love about the community. You know, is like the the Smash Except community is you guys are so sharp and so active in that Patreon chat. I'm like these guys like literally know their stuff more than me a lot of times. You know, I'm just like I bounce trade offers off of you guys and. Again, guys, if you guys could, Josh, if you could share your Twitter handle, um, guys, I highly suggest following him, checking out his thread that he just put out on Jahan Dotson. If you want to drop that again. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, JB Under Shepherd. So uh, those are the, that's the way you do it. Capital JB Under Shepherd. Uh, welcome to follow and uh, going to be putting out some more threads soon. So stay tuned. Yeah, that was great work. So the idea of tonight's show is we have a lot of, We've been trying to tell a lot of cautionary tales about camp hype and trying to help you guys figure out what to do. And it's been a while since we talked about these 22 rookies, you know. And we want to talk about some of the guys that are booming, some of the guys that values are just through the roof right now. And first off, I mean, you can't talk about value on Dynasty Twitter without talking about Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce right now, you know, is in a situation where there's a lot of analysts out there saying you should sell a 23 first for Damian Pierce. There's a lot of people out there making some crazy, crazy values off of that name cachet, off of what's going on here. Uh, I'll start with you, Adam, here. Is the idea that's going out there is that people are just super excited about this prospect. They're, they're, they're jumping in, and they're, they're going in full force. you know. And I think what we need to talk about is this is a guy with – Day three draft capital. This is a guy that you know is going to be on a on what I believe to be a poor offense. We're excited that he's a running back. If you're buying him in redraft, I'm all for it. You know, like I am all for it for a one year one year rental and try to go with things. But in dynasty, I am seeing trades that just blow my mind, Adam. 
Yeah, yeah, he he is um, really an intriguing prospect, but I think I think really the the cautionary tale here, exactly what you mentioned, Dad, and that's really going back to value insulation. We preach it all the time, right? If if you're talking about them having multiple first round picks next year, um, and even if he has a good year, it kind of reminds me of uh, you know a James Robinson type of, of player, right? Where he even if he has a really good year. Who's st- who's stopping them from from drafting somebody of much higher uh, draft quality, right? On, and then on top of that, you know, we'll get into it in a bit when we're looking at his profile. What is his true upside, right? So it's kind of looking at what's his insulation, what's his upside, and comparing that to what the market is saying and his market value. And that's kind of goes back to our philosophy. I think we all share, which is if we can build insulation while swapping values and diversifying your portfolio. I'm all for it. So that's kind of, you know, thought I would touch on the philosophy as well with thinking about as values rise, it's not just to dump it. It's also to dump it for the right asset. Well, and I think and we talk about that a lot with, with your background and, in, in, you know, financial p- portfolios and investments and things like that and trying to put dynasty in that sense. Uh, Josh, you know, we're talking about a guy who on rookie draft, you know, if you had your rookie draft in in April, in May, this was a guy that you were getting in that mid-second right now, right? And I think... I want to talk a little bit about your philosophy with that is I've been getting a lot of questions being like, yo, dad, I paid a 22 second. I drafted him at 204. What kind of cash out value should I be considering? I mean, what to you is good principle to just say, this is where we're at. This is the the profile. What should I be trying to get? I mean, if you can get a 2023 one, then fantastic. I mean, that seems to be, we've seen multiple trades go through with that. That would be my first goal just because of market value. But in reality, um, you know, when we I don't think really all that much has changed from when he was being drafted in rookie drafts, meaning I don't think anybody who drafted him really thought Marlon Mack was going to hold him off for a long time or or these other guys. That's the unique thing about Damian Pierce right now. It's like he's doing what he's supposed to have done. And now all of a sudden he's being hyped like he's the next greatest thing. Um, and so personally, I, I don't think I would acquire, I, I'd probably acquire him with a late 20, 2023 too. Um, but that's just because I view him as really, uh, you know, uh, one of those fool's gold assets where it's uh, a, ends up being one year of really okay value, um, but almost no long-term certainty or security um, and, and what is the upside? I know we're going to talk about that, but he's on a Texans team that's going to be bad with a bad game script. And there's a lot of things working against him where he could be a very good runner. Um, you know, so I'm selling, I'm trying to sell with the market being so high right now. If I can get anything with a 2023 one, if I can add a three to him to get a 2023 one, I'd love to do that too. Yeah, and that's that's a great way to go about that. I mean, I was looking at Mike Clay's projections, and and he updated them recently. He has Pierce going for 196 carries, 843 yards, five touchdowns, 27 receptions, 200 yards, and that feels about right, you know. And I feel like that it would be a very productive season. And we're not saying that Damian Pierce doesn't have talent. I mean, when I had Derek Brown on the show back in February, he was at the Senior Bowl. He said, and when I asked him about Damian Pierce. It wasn't talking about him on the football field first, which I thought was interesting. He was like, oh, super cool guy. He was someone that, you know, was very approachable and said, you know, and he, we were talking about his draft capital being that 
round three, round four kind of guy that could could sneak in on lineups, you know. And and now we talk about a guy that we're talking. He has moved into in redraft fourth round area, you know, in, in dynasty startups, we're seeing some, some crazy, crazy talk about where he's at right now. And I think that what we're really trying to say is he has competition, right? Marlon Mack's gone, but this is the competition that he needs for not just this year, but next year, the Texans offensive line, not a very good offensive line. It's in the bottom third when it comes to run blocking the Texans, Texans offense in general, not going to be high scoring, right? I mean, Josh, you alluded to it. We're looking at a lot of negative game scripts here. That, in my mind, leads to a lot more Rex Burkhead than it does Damian Pierce in that area. Rex Burkhead is out there on a lot of waiver wires. He's one of those super underrated guys, but it seems like once or twice a year he pops off for 20 points if given the opportunity he's going to be there in that situation. you know. And I'm not saying you go by Rex Burkhead, but he's a guy you can get thrown in deals. Guy that might be out there on your waiver wire that's definitely worth picking up as well. Um, you got to look at the Texans have two 23 firsts in a class that has, and we've been hyping it forever. We've been talking about this 23 first. This is a team that's going to have a high draft pick in that second round. You know, they're not, they're going to probably be looking quarterback with an early first, but in that early second, there are going to be some absolute stud running backs that they're going to have a hard time passing on. And, and just like Adam alluded to with James Robinson, also look at a guy like Michael Carter. You know, I think we're looking at a guy who has that day three draft capital, who's drafted in rounds three, rounds four, rounds five, who could produce, but they're easily replaceable, right? Like it doesn't say to a team, even if he pops off this year, even if he rushes for a thousand yards, it's going to be tough if you pay a 23 first to recoup that kind of value. They have the 23 second to 23 third. So there's a lot of things in the way of a long-term value here. But I'm seeing some trades, you know, that that just blow my mind. And then I'm seeing some trades where I'm like, okay, I can see this a little bit. You know, the one trade that I saw recently blows my mind from where we were, you know, uh, two months ago. It was Kenneth Walker for Damian Pierce and a 24-second. To me, that is almost an instant loss. That's the way where we're looking at a guy with a really high pedigree who was fantastic in college. And, you know, Adam, I know you and I have talked about Kenneth Walker in the past. This one feels like if you're making this kind of move, it's an overreaction and almost like an, to me, an instant loss of value. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the way that this kind of going back to, I know I always go to the, the financial comparisons, but it kind of feels like the game stops and all those, the, the raves of the meme stocks, you know, from a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. When people get into a player, it's nothing can get into its way for momentum. But it, it, our, our pause when we're looking at this is let's, I thought I would add, let's really look at what is the realistic upside for him. Cause I think if you look at like that, what that trade that you just mentioned, dad, you're talking about, you know, potentially a second or third round startup pick next year as the value you're giving up there, right? Um, versus, you know, I did, you know, if you go look at the profile for Pierce, you know, a com, you know, he's no longer in the league, just retired, but it's Chris Carson, right? If you look at just the value he had, and, and I think he had, he had a great career. I'm not saying uh, Pierce is going to be Chris Carson, but I'm just looking at what's a realistic upside, and then let's compare that value of what is that ceiling. And, you know, looking at his historical values, you're talking about a late third, early fourth. So that's kind of the way I look at Pierce is that I don't think he's going to get up there, but that would be a realistic ceiling because they have average speed, below average explosiveness, 
grinder type of back. So less catches, right? So you're talking about limited upside from that regard. You guys talked about the offense beautifully already, but I think that is the most realistic upside case for him. So the, the guys that are trading, you know, what you're mentioning there, the Walker, I've also seen, you know, um, a first and I saw first and a third for Pierce. Um, you know, it's just some crazy values being thrown out there. You got to pump the brakes because you're basically buying him at or above his realistic ceiling, which to your point, Dad, is a losing proposition. You got to make sure that if you're buying, which I don't mind, right, for, for competing teams, he's a great RB3. You know, to put on the flex and, and to put, but you got to make sure that you're buying them at, at either at, at value, which is definitely nowhere close to a first back to Josh's point. Yeah. And, and some of the values looking at Trade Finder right now, you know, over at DLF, and I saw Ryan McDowell posted out there. Uh, Damian Pierce for Byron Pringle in a 23 first. The fact that we're getting on top of a 23 first, it's not like Brian, Byron Pringle has a lot of value here. Looking at another one, Daryl Williams, who I think is a nice handcuff and a 23 first for Damian Pierce. Looking at another one here, Aaron Jones and, and Dallas Goddard for Damian Pierce. Yeah. That guy should be just his Insanity. fingers should be broken from the smash accept button. Like he is, he's got a he. You know that guy texted all his buddies and would be like, "Can you believe what I just saw?" Uh, I got Jerry Judy and a twenty-three second for Damian Pierce. Every single one of these is just bad dynasty principle. And and Josh, you and I have talked about it quite a bit. Is like. There is an investment. You made an investment of a second-round pick. If you are able to get these kind of values, that's fantastic. But as a whole, this is just bad principle the whole way across. Well, I, well and just to comment on that, here's, here's the missing piece in some of these things, right? It's one thing to, to have, a, have an owner of a dynasty team that says, all right, I'm going to go for it. I would like to use my picks to acquire a piece that I think will get me there. But here's the thing. When you send a 2023-1 for Damian Pierce, uh, in the season we see this so many times where somebody, who maybe the Derrick Henry owner, for example, is, is realizing after three or four games they have nothing left, right? They've got nothing left. Uh, I, I view Damian Pierce as a younger version of a very similar situation of a Derrick Henry in the sense of one, maybe two years of relevance left. So would I rather get the difference maker of Derrick Henry? Or it doesn't have to be Derrick Henry, but use my 2023 one to get someone else uh, that that you can acquire instead of a Damian Pierce. That's my biggest problem is it's not in the it's not really in you can like Damian Pierce, that's fine. But to settle to to buy him with a 2023 one when so many other great players would would net you that. Uh, or you could get that with the 2023 one. It's just, it's not only, I guess, poor process, but it's just missed opportunity. Um, and so, so that I think is my biggest problem is you just hang on a little bit longer and use that 2023 one or other asset like the Judy in 2023 two. Oh my goodness. That's painful. You know, that is, that is so painful because, uh, you know, you're going to lose twice playing. potentially. On uh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. It hurts really bad. The 2020. Three two alone could be better than Damian Pierce next year. Let alone Judy with with this new offense, he could be the guy. He could have a cup level meteoric rise. So uh, it, it's a little bit painful to hear you read those. Yeah, and I mean to your point, we talked about it. All three of us backstage have leagues where we have five, six, seven. Adam, I'm not gonna lie, I got nine twenty three first. You know that, but <laughs> I got to get that in there. But there are we're at a spot where some of those twenty three first, especially you know those later ones. 
if, if you're willing to move those, I mean, there's we have some guys in Smash Five. Uh, at Wackman sent out, he got gave up his 23 first for James Connor and Gabriel Davis. With both of those guys, could be solid production, and Gabriel Davis could be worth a 23 first eventually. Um, you know, I've seen guys in my league trade a 23 first for Dalvin Cook because the guy's out of contention. He's like, just take it. I mean, do you? If someone comes to you today and says, hey. Do you want Dalvin Cook, who's going to be a top five running back, or Damian Pierce, who could be, you know, a, a RB two this year? You know, and that's that's the kind of cautionary tale that we're trying to throw out there is just understand those kind of situations. Uh, today, I saw a couple that weren't too bad though. You know, I saw um, I saw one was Ezekiel Elliott and a twenty three second for Damian Pierce. Now, I would rather in this situation, if you have Damian Pierce. You go out there and you buy Ezekiel Elliott, and you have the insulation of that 23 second, where both of those could be. I think if you ask me today, I'm saying Ezekiel Elliott is going to outscore Damian Pierce in my mind. Then you get that 23 second on top of that. I feel like that's a move where you guys could go out there. I saw a Twitter poll today was 70 30 in favor of Damian Pierce over Tony Pollard, another guy that's you know gonna have great flex value. The the Patreon chat. Loves those kind of, you know, loves Tony Pollard, loves that kind of move. And I think there there's still some value to be had there. You know, you, most of us aren't going to get a 23 first. But I feel like if we settle somewhere in that area, I would much rather have Tony Pollard. I would much rather have Ezekiel Elliott in a second. But we start to get into an area where it starts to be a little bit more dicey. You know, like, are we willing to, Adam, if someone came to you and you were on a contender and they wanted your 24 first, you know, we're going to talk about those 24 first, which have become a lot more achievable. The 23s, we're not getting them anywhere. But if someone comes to you and says, hey, are you willing to take a shot on Damian Pierce for a 24 first? That becomes a little bit more interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, 24 first, and we've talked about, you know, especially when we're talking about the 23 firsts and and valuations, you know, I don't think it's changed too much. I think people are more apt to sell a 24 first and a 23 first because we're in point season and people aren't thinking two years out as much as say a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, so I think definitely that is an is an area to kind of look at. I think that's closer to value. It just always goes back to you know construction, build, and then you know you know it's not all about the upside. It's also about the insulation, like you said, Dad. So I think it's just feeling your team out, you know, your team, but also your, your league mates out. And it might find that your league is is you know cold on him, which is fine, mm -hmm. right? There's a, I also think there is a, a situation where um, Pierce owners, whether you are uh, contending or not, uh, just as a hold, right? Um, but you also need to you know trying to see if you can take advantage of these skyrocketing prices and the excitement around him, which is warranted. But just uh, kind of the, back to the to the tale of make sure that we are being cautious, not being too bullish. Let's be realistic about it. So if you have a if you're on a complete rebuilding team, right, and you're on a team that you know he fell to you in the mid to late second, and you're in that scenario where you picked him up, I mean, Josh, what are you doing in in that area? Because to me, and we talk about it a lot, when you're doing those rebuilds, you know, you want to create that positional void at the running back position, and the running back position gets injured the most. Where if Damian Pierce goes out there week one and struggles, and week two, you know, might maybe gets a hamstring injury. I feel like that's the the situation where we got to strike while the iron's hot and try to be aggressive. You know, we talk about a lot of times, and I know you're doing some rebuilds and some retooling teams or year one punts. And I think those guys that have Damian Pierce, now is the time. I mean, we got to strike there. We don't want to put ourselves in a position where we're like, hey, we're we're selling him for anything. But I think we need to start having some one on ones and see what we can get for him. 
Absolutely. And even I'm so far off the Damian Pierce train that I wouldn't even consider a 2024 one to, to use to acquire him, you know, and just especially relative to other players you could get for that 2024 one. At this if that time. stings, since I know you're a big Washington fan, all right, Dave Hellman, awesome guy that's at Dynasty Dorks. He put a thread out there, and, you know, a lot of them are like Saquon Barkley versus Damian Pierce. And believe it or not, it's like 82 to 18. Your boy Antonio Gibson, who now, you know, the, the horrible situation there with Brian Robinson, but Antonio Gibson's got to be that, that number one guy. Twitter has it at 600 votes. 74% Damian Pierce over Antonio Gibson, who has been a fringe RB1 back-to-back seasons. You know, he also has um, one of the, the other one that I thought was real interesting was 60-40, almost an, you know pretty even split there with, with Kenneth Walker. You know, so like these are some guys where you can, there's definite value to be had there in this, in this opportunity. Yeah, I think, I, I think that, I don't think I'm necessarily disagreeing with the poll, right? Because uh, as far as Antonio Gibson's concerned, you've heard me in the Patreon say this is his final ride, and mm-hmm. I'm not even sure what type of ride it will be. That was back before the Brian Robinson incident. Now I'm actually, you know, um, somewhat optimistic of by necessity he's going to have to be used a lot. I think it's very possible Antonio Gibson will outperform Pierce, but the market values are so different right now that I guarantee you, you could get Gibson plus a 2023 second, you know, uh, for a Damian Pierce, because somebody's just trying to get out from Gibson. Um, And that's something I would absolutely do, because again, I just view Damian Pierce as a short-term asset with limited upside in the the short term. That's the problem. It's not even like uh, this is a one year of a great thing. Um, You know, James Robinson had nobody, you know, we've talked about him before. Volume got him there, even on a bad Jaguars team. Well, I see this situation worse than that situation because, like you said, they love Rex Burkett. He's going to be there to pester uh, mm-hmm. any Damian Pierce truther throughout the year, um, and that's so. That's why I just think, you know, take advantage of the market value. Totally agree with you on a one-year punt. Damian Pierce is not a guy I want on that at all. I, I'm moving quickly. Uh, I'm I'm doing what I can to. Uh, to get out from that while while the iron's hot. And maybe you wait in season, but I wouldn't wait very long because, like you said, injuries happen so often. And imagine, you know, uh, you know something tragic happens to his leg or something like that in season. You lost your opportunity to sell. So uh, I would just tread lightly if you're going to hang on to him and the window to sell is now. Yeah, I mean, the other guy in that situation is Isaiah Pacheco, you know, another guy that yeah. I have him on my year one punt in Smash 7. And it's like, I am going to wait till he pops off for a couple games, but it becomes a, a risky situation. You got to look at things like everyone loved Trey Sermon, right? Trey Sermon just got cut, you know, and they, everybody loved, you know, different position, but Kellen Mond, Kellen Mond got got cut. I mean, we're looking at a NFL where it's, what have you done for me lately? And if you have a third or fourth round draft capital, no matter what kind of season you have, there's still uncertainty there, no matter how good you play. Um, I want to transition that into, you know, a lot of people right now seem to be down on Kenneth Walker because of, you know, Rashad Penny hype. People are down right now on Brees Hall because they're saying Michael Carter is the starter, you know, and we know that's not going to last because of the talent that they have there. I have seen trades. Like I said, I saw Pierce and a 24 second for Walker, and I actually saw Pierce and a late 23 first 
for Brees Hall. I would do that all day. Brees Hall is a legit prospect who has top three to five dynasty upside when you're talking about that running back position. Um, I think both of those guys are in a buy situation. I mean, I, Jacobian has dynasty Jacobian has turned me on to Kenneth Walker because there's there's a value there now, you know, and then Brees Hall yep. was approaching all the way up to mid-second startup value. That's started to come off now where I'm seeing people letting him be a lot more achievable. And it's like it's very difficult this time of year to separate the buzz from the and the noise from what we actually do. And that's what we do at Smash Accept is give you the process. We've been talking about this since February. These are the guys, and that's why we have the Matt Hicks, the Matt Waldman, like, you know, the Jordan McNamara's come on and tell you about these rookies, right, and what they are. And that way you can have a sound fundamental basis instead of just acting with your heart and saying, Yo, I want Damian Pierce. Like, he looks good. He's the highest graded, you know, running back in, in PFAF in the preseason. Who cares? Right? Like, that is not where the process was. He was a second-round pick the whole way. So if you can get any first, I'm saying, you know, go for it. The other guy, and I want to transition to the, the similar type thing, is on the – we were talking about the 24 first. I am buying Kenny Pickett everywhere. Okay? And, and, and here's why. Like, I have been buying Kenny Pickett for 24 firsts and getting toss-ins. Yeah, I, I, I know I brought it up last podcast that he was my biggest buy at the quarterback position because we're in a weird position for quarterbacks right now, right? You have those elite six to eight quarterbacks, and then you got an area where it's kind of, you know, there, there's some, some muddy waters. And then there's Kenny Pickett, right? So Kenny Pickett is in a situation where I know this is a weird thing to talk about, He's top 10 in jersey sales, so he has the likability. Right now, he has had a fantastic, fantastic preseason. I mean, the way he has been able to throw the ball, some of the statistics that he has has posted up, you know, you're looking at on the preseason right now, he's 29 for 36, 261 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. So he looks the part. You got to look at the weapons, right? We wanted all kinds of people to go to Pittsburgh. We got upset when Mitch Trubisky went there, and we're like, okay, well, Kenny Pickett went there, not a big deal. But it's Deontay Johnson, it's George Pickens, and it's and it's Chase Claypool on top of Pat Fryermuth. I mean, it, this and, and Najee Harris. I mean, this is a situation where we it is a prime spot for a quarterback. If he starts by week three, week four, right now, I believe a lot in the, when we look at things versus the Vegas odds, he's the front runner right now. Him and Pickens are actually the front runners to win Rookie of the Year, and that that is very important because Vegas knows their stuff. They're not putting that out there for nothing, you know. That he has moved up, he's one or two big mistakes from Mitch Trubisky from becoming a starter. And Josh, we know as soon as a quarterback steps on that field, as soon as he gets that start, that opportunity, that value instantly becomes worth a first. Yeah, especially in Superflex where it's just hard to get him. Kenny Pickett is probably. I don't remember a recent scenario where there's been one exactly like it where uh, you're right. All the peripherals are good. We know Mike Tomlin's a great coach. We know the weapons are outstanding. The line is suspect, uh, but mm-hmm. Pickett is mobile, right? So we so that's that's a good thing. Uh, Superflex seems to, I guess because he's not starting right away, his value is a bit depressed. Um, even to get a quarterback with first-round draft capital, capital that's another big thing in this too they're heavily invested in him with that fifth year option and those things um it's best to uh, acquire now now it's funny you bring this up and i got to shout out shout out our fellow patreon member kyle costa 
because we've been having some fun negotiations that I wanted to pick your guys' brain live on the pod with, okay? Let's so do we've it. been try- we've been trying to work through a deal involving Kenny Pickett and Chris Godwin. Two guys that I know we've talked about before, two guys that I would both say have uh, values being depressed at the moment that I believe you've said on the show, Dad, use that 24 first to acquire a Chris Godwin and to acquire a Kenny Pickett. Um, and so this, this is a really interesting eval for me because you've got uh, Godwin who's proven, older, obviously, but proven, uncertainty in the future with Brady, and then you've got Kenny Pickett who you know nothing about what he can do at a at a, an NFL level, but quarterbacks are king and super flex. So I thought this would be good to bring up in this point just so you guys can maybe, maybe talk me through it. Are they close? Uh, is one more than the other? Are we uh, are we undervalued on both? Just Just something to bring up. Dude, I absolutely love that because I know, you know, both of you guys have been listening for a long time. And those are the guys where last week I said, I've been saying Chris Godwin is one of the biggest buys, period. In last week's pod, I was like, we're looking at a guy who was wide receiver two overall just two years ago. He was a wide receiver one last year. I feel like he has slightly more value than Kenny Pickett at the current moment in time, you know, I would say, but it's not much of a difference. I think it's, and I talk about this a lot, I think it's like a two, three flip. You know, if you could get, Pickett and a second for Godwin and a third, I feel like is like perfect value in there. But I, I think it's it's what kind of team you have. You know, like if you are a rebuilding team or you are a team that is, you know, void of, of quarterbacks, even if you have even if you have Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, Kenny Pickett's the guy to go buy to transition. So then next year you have Patrick Mahomes and Kenny Pickett. You know, and I think I I, I just can't stop buying him. Like I I've been doing that twenty four first. One was a 24 first even. The other was I got Dernis Johnson thrown in. You know, I feel like it's always trying to get that extra guy thrown in there. But you have two years to recoup your value on Kenny Pickett if you use that first. If you use Chris Godwin, you know, he's 26. He'll be 27 in season. So I think on a contender, Chris Godwin is phenomenal. I think he's we, – we do this in Dynasty way too often where we write a guy off. I mean, he's 26 years old. And a lot of times, smash five, six, and seven, I've drafted him in the wide receiver 25 to 30 range, you know, and he belongs considerably higher than that. And I know you guys have heard me talk enough about both of those. Adam, what do you think of that trade? I think I'm right on with with you, Dad. I think Godwin, the market is uh, slightly higher. I think that the 2-3 flip is good. But I will say both players are definitely buys, regardless mm-hmm. of uh, team dynamic, right? Because Pickett is kind of, I, I'll tell you, like all my, all my one-year, most of my one-year punts or just rebuilding teams, I have, I think, an 85 to 90% share of Pickett. He's just a perfect build for that, mm-hmm. you know, p- perfect player for that build. Um, but to your point, Dad, right, Godwin is definitely, you can go either way because you can hold him for midseason when he's actually out there and he's going to gain value. There is some more risk with him. So I would say if for a true rebuild, I lean Pickett. Uh, if you can get, you know, to, like you said, the 2-3 flip, that's perfect for me. But it's uh, it's 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 they're they're both definitely buys, and I think they're close in value for sure. For me, the rumor of missing time and the pup list has created crazy buy low windows for a guy like Chris Godwin. For a guy like Michael Gallup, I'm seeing Gallup get traded for two thirds. He's off the pup list now, guys. Like if you can still get Michael Gallup on the cheap end after you know you want those guys in those high efficiency offenses. You want those guys that are going to get points. I love Godwin. I love. I love the idea of what Pickett is. So I, I think that's the biggest difference, Josh, for me, is I love Chris Godwin, the player. I love the prospect. Kenny Pickett, we're like, 
let's see what he can be. But we, we, we did this every single year. And I'm not saying Kenny Pickett is on the same level. But we had Josh Allen in this same scenario where we said, you know what? He's not worth a first. Let's get him in the late first. Justin Herbert was in that situation, you know, and I'm not saying Kenny Pickett, don't yell at me. I know I'm going to get a bunch of tweet hate on that one. I'm not saying Kenny Pickett is those guys, but he has the one draft, you know, round one draft capital. He has the likability that is important. He's in a, you know, in a market where they absolutely, it's a great coaching staff. It's a great system. Tomlin's going to get the most out of him. And I, I just, I just have a feeling that we're looking at a guy that's probably going to be in that. QB 12 to 18 range for a couple of years. You know, I don't think he's going to be a top five quarterback. He doesn't have the mobility. He doesn't have the, the rushing upside that these guys do. But I think he's going to be a QB 12 to 18, and that, that's important when it comes to Superflex. You know, so go he's out the there. He's Cousins. Yeah, I, I almost said it. That's, I love that. You know, and, it's, and I just bought him in the one league, and people were like, yo, Dad, you got four quarterbacks. I was like, yeah, I have Jalen Hurts. I have Tom Brady. I have Matthew Stafford. But I'll throw a 24 first in there because those guys are getting older and you know that asset is going to appreciate and you have time. I would not pay a 23 first for Kenny Pickett unless I knew it was 110 to 112. You know, maybe maybe 108 on the earliest because there's got, that class is going to be phenomenal. But I feel like you can finagle around with, I've been trying a pair of 23 seconds. I have offered three 23 seconds. That didn't get it done. But the 24 firsts, Mark my words, guys, that is going to be a good value for you guys to go out there and buy Kenny Pickett. Yeah, here's a here's an idea real quick I'll throw out there, and then Josh, go ahead. But, uh, no, go ahead, you know, just going back to the Pierce thing, what, you know, I think trading Pierce in a third for Pickett, like that oh, yeah. would be a perfect punt team trade. for If you're trying to, if you've got, you know, happen to get Pierce like we were talking about and you're trying mm-hmm. to flip him for an upside potential, Pickett is a perfect candidate for that. Go ahead, Josh. I think that's a great call. I mean, anytime you can flip a running back with an unknown future for for any quarterback with some upside. I mean, uh, you know, a guy we might talk about later is even Malik Willis. I, I might even construct something that would give me a nice pick on top of Malik Willis just because, you know, uh, just because I can at this point in the value of, of, of Pierce at the moment. The only thing I wanted to uh, add on to what you were saying is, uh, to your point, Dad, um, as soon as Pickett becomes starter, if you can acquire him right now for a 2024-1, as soon as he is the starter and flashes anything, you can get a 2024-1 plus a 2024-3 or whatever. Yeah. You know? No, uh, that's, the, that's a quick flip, you know, it, then that's it, great. It's, it's immediately, whether it's a third or a second's worth of value. So even if you're just uh, investing, right, you're just investing in an asset that says, I can get this asset 2024-1 this is not even regarding if he's going to be good or not, but I know that this will appreciate and I'm going to sell as soon as it does. You get a free 20, maybe it's a 2024 second now that you can get on top or something, you know, so just that's a little bit different where sometimes you, uh, you don't want to get too attached to players because you take opportunities to sell when you can. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about this about two months ago about acquiring Mac Jones for that price. And now Mac Jones is worth yeah. considerably more than that, you know, and I, I think they could be very similar Similar prospects when it comes to fantasy points, you know, both those guys being in that area. You brought up Malik Willis, and I think that's a great transition because that's another guy that I'm, I mean, you look at the final top five rookie power rankings at the end of the preseason, is pick at one, and Willis has moved himself into second. You know, he was the, the favorite several months back. I think Malik Willis, 
I put a tweet out there and people were very angry about this, you know, but I said Malik Willis has the potential for a Jalen Hurts career arc. Did he look as good in the preseason? No. Do we want to watch the highlights of him running, which looks like, you know, Madden 2004, Michael Vick running around out there? Absolutely. I mean, the the athletic measurables are phenomenal. Some of the passes that he makes are phenomenal. He's still raw. He's not going to supplant Tannehill right off the bat, you know. And this is a guy that if you are in that situation, I think Malik Willis is a perfect guy for that year one punt. He's a perfect guy for your team if it's still building because he has the tools to be like Jalen Hurts. Okay, you guys know I love Jalen Hurts, and I've been talking about. I drafted Jalen Hurts on almost all my dynasty teams in a mid to late second. Malik Willis is in that same area, right? And we're talking about he has a great coach. There, you know, they put Traylon Burks in there. They're going to continue to build around him. The tools are there to be a guy that I'm I'm willing to buy. The tricky part is no one seems to. You know, everybody paid that second round pick. No one seems to be wanting to trade Malik Willis. Are you guys seeing any values out there of, of uh, obtainable assets? And what are you guys willing to pay? You want to go first, Adam? Go ahead, Josh. All right. Well, it, it's interesting to me that this Malik Willis is an extremely interesting guy um, because here, here's something that we were all giving advice on or receiving the same advice, which was this. If you can sell a 2022 second rounder for a 2023 second rounder, you should probably do that, right? Because mm-hmm. because of the lack of depth in this class and the incredible depth of the 2023 class. Now, interestingly enough, because of it, the nature of Superflex and the difference maker at quarterback position, I'm not selling Malik Willis for a 2023 two. And remember, he was drafted most times in the 20. He was in the second round of these rookie drafts. I'm not selling for that. Um, do I think that the 2023-2 could be better than Malik? Yeah, sure. But what I've seen in the preseason is enough to show me if he started at all for any team, let alone a good coach, a well-coached team like the Titans, but if he started at, with any team, those legs equal fantasy points. And as soon as he gets the opportunity, and people love those Michael Vick-like highlights, as soon as you throw one of those highlights in your group thread and your league and he's starting a game, whenever that is, oh, my goodness. You know, if people are this excited about Damian Pierce, you talk about a guy with actually legitimate arm talent. Yeah, he's not there. He's not processing things right. It's his rookie year. He has an opportunity to learn with Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill with a good coaching staff, and he's got an electric level of of legs, so I can't sell for a 2023-2 just in case he's a he's a Jalen Hurts, um, you know. And if you I did can, that two years ago, which you know, yeah. one of my shares I did trade him for a second the next year and a, and a toss in type player because I was diversifying a little bit. Man, does that hurt now? You know, like yeah. in in a running back, they have a two to three year window. In a quarterback position, you know, a guy like Jalen Hurts, a guy like Malik Willis could be a prime time super flex player for five to six years you know, given their, their particular playing style. And now you're like, you gotta, you gotta look at that every single day for that long. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. The other thing I'll just add on, uh, I'm personally down on the Tennessee offense this year. Just Mm -hmm. don't think that it's going to be as good as, um, I I think everybody's looking at the last couple of years and, and, and they've had some losses. I think there's, you know, age issues. I also think, I mean, losing AJ Brown, right. Uh, burying the lead there. 
Um, and then they're, you know, looking at their schedule. So I'm I, overall not a, a big uh, Tennessee uh, buyer from their offense in general. Uh, but that is the bull case for Willis, right? If you're looking at, you know, and not to go back to Jalen Hurts, but if you look at his situation, very similar when you're talking about, uh, you know, more of an established quarterback, but uh, clearly ownership is not looking for him for the long term, right? Uh, you know, it would not shock me the last two to three weeks of the season, they throw Willis out there, right? It would not shock me whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And talk about what we're talking about with Pickett. He steps on that field. His value immediately jumps up and it, where his value is. And, and Josh, I think you nailed on the head. He's basically as 23 second and 23 third is what the market is for him right now. So you're talking about major upside. So I definitely think he's definitely a buy especially for the one-year punt and, and rebuilding teams like you mentioned, Dad. Well, we say you buy Kenny Pickett for a 24 first, right? So you buy Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett becomes a starter. The guy who has Malik Willis needs it. Now all of a sudden you get a 24 first and Malik Willis for Kenny Pickett. You, you make that kind of move. If you have Damian Pierce, I think you do that 2-3 flip where you get Malik Willis in a second for Damian Pierce in a third if you don't need, you know, if you're in that year one punt or you're in that building process. The upside is going to be phenomenal. To Josh's point, you're, you're going to get six to eight rushing points a game like you get from Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, and you know the the throwing is going to be on top of that. You know when you look at Jalen Hurts that rookie season when he played stepped on the field there towards the end, the passing wasn't pretty even last year at times. But the rushing upside made him a QB one. And Malik Willis, why we wanted him as the dynasty. You know we talk in February when I talked to Derek Brown, the 101 of dynasty was not Brees Hall, it was Malik Willis. You know and that's where we were and we just kept seeing the draft stock fall and fall and fall. So we'll we'll. Time will tell. It's an interesting prospect. The other two guys I wanted to talk about real quick, Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter. You know, both of them had pretty decent camps. You know, and I'm going to start with you, Josh, because we'll start with Sam Howell with you and then kick it over to Adam on Desmond Ritter. What are the prospects that we see either of these guys this year? Because I think we're looking at Ritter's probably going for a second. Sam Howell might be approaching that second round value to me, still maybe more like a pair of threes. But being our, our Washington guy, hit on Sam Howell for us a little bit. Yeah, we really need Dynasty Howellians in here, right? Dude, he's going to be so excited. This is two weeks in a row. He got some play for Sam Howell. For you guys, it's a little bit inside, but he started, you know, I started talking about Dynasty quarterbacks maybe like three months ago, talking about rookies and stuff like that. And he changed his, his uh, Twitter handle to Dynasty Howellians, and he yeah. just puts tweets in there, and I tell him to get out of the group chat whenever he does that. Yeah, and, and I don't know if he would like what I have to say. Uh, you know, the Commanders are one of the few teams where I can honestly say this. There are three legitimate scenarios where I could see uh, one of the three quarterbacks on their roster starting at some point this year. Uh, Carson Wentz, of course, he's really on a one-year prove-it deal. They can cut him for zero cap hit next year. Um, it is a totally team-friendly deal. That's why they did the trade. Yeah, they probably overpaid relative to Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan's cost and those things. From a franchise perspective, though, he is not the future if he doesn't light it up this year, which means if we are not uh, competitive by, by mid-season, three-quarters of the way through the season, the writing is on the wall where he's not going to be there next year, which means who do you throw in? Do you throw in Taylor Heineke? Um, because, uh, you know, I think they've got a plenty, they've got plenty of look at him. He's not the answer. So who do you throw in? Sam Howell. 
there's a very uh, legitimate chance where if the commanders are not contending, which I think they're going to be middle of the road, which so I'm not optimistic they won't at least be in the hunt, which means I don't think Sam Howell will see the field, field this year really. But there is a chance that if they're not contending, he could come in and make a case for himself um, as a, a starter or a bridge starter for next year, which certainly has more value than two threes. Right. And I think you're right on with that because I was talking about it with someone. I just, I made a trade. I got Debo Samuel from Dynasty Jacobian for DK Metcalf and Sam Howe. You know, and I think Debo, I'm on a win now team and he wanted to build a little bit. And he goes, well, Sam Howe could be the starter. And I said, for me, there's, there's one scenario where his value goes up, right? So if they're just good enough, it's going to be Tyler Haneke. Like he's going to be there if they're even remotely in that chance. If he gets a start towards the end of the year, that means Washington was not in contention and they will be taking a quarterback. You know, so like the, there's a small scenario there where they're just good enough that they miss out on some of these these upside quarterbacks that are in the draft. You know what I mean? So it's it's kind of a weird scenario. There's a, just such a small window where Sam Howe is the quarterback for 2023. You know, it's just like it's got to be almost like what Adam said where they're in a scenario where two games left and they don't necessarily, they're not in contention. Carson Wentz is out. Sam Howe looks good for two weeks, and then we get a scenario where we can flip him. Right, and, I, and just to before we transition to Ritter, because Ritter's more exciting anyway, but, uh, but if you here's why I would say we recommend things in context of the type of dynasty owner you are, meaning if you are the type of dynasty manager that is active and taking advantage of market swings, sure. Uh, acquire Sam Howell for cheap, and if there's ever a flash of anything, he'll increase in value and flip him right away. I wouldn't. I'm not recommending acquiring Howell if you're not an active dynasty owner that's just hoping he pans out because he, he's not. You're not going to. Uh, he's not going to be the long-term starter um, unless uh, you know. I guess there's a small chance of that. But if you're not willing to, uh, you know, go with the market and flip when the time's right, don't acquire him. Don't even waste your time. Uh, but if you're willing to do it, you can be savvy and make a profit at some point this year. For sure. And Adam, real quick on on uh, you know on Ritter, what what type of value are you seeing out there? He slipped to the 13th round in Smash Seven. He went the pick before me. I was a little heated because I was like, man, it, it felt like the right value there for me uh, because I feel like there's a scenario where he gets on the field, you know, quicker than than anyone else uh, potentially this season. Yeah, the values that I'm seeing for Ritter, uh, he's, of course, uh, been going up in value recently, uh, even though slightly. I actually haven't – I've seen him um, go similarly like values to Willis, like we were just talking about, is what I've been seeing. So for me, I, I definitely, of course, prefer Willis way above Ritter. So yes. for me, from a market value standpoint, love the buy. But I think the play for Ritter, personally, and I totally agree with Josh, so know your league and the activity levels, but just in a vacuum – I think Ritter is is a, is a great uh, kind of watch list player because I do think Mariota with his legs and I do think that offense will be improved with th throwing in London and the improvements to their line. I do think that that's going to be uh, a position where Ritter, it's similar to to like we're talking about, might have a year end se you know end season. But I think people are getting a little excited in the near term uh, where I think. It's probably going to be a better buy when the you know week two, week three, where his value likely depreciates 
comparatively because folks are a little bit more into Mariota. I, I'm, I'm actually been a buyer Mariota personally uh, in this offseason, and he, he looks good, um, especially with the talent around him. So that's my personal play, but the valuation is close to Willis, so that's where I much prefer Willis right now. And the nice thing with Ritter is you get some of that baked in rushing upside as well. I mean, 365 yards rushing. He's a guy that 97th percentile when it comes to, you know, comes to speed on his 40 times. So definitely a, another upside guy out there. Uh, I wanted to give, since we were talking Damian Pierce, and I wanted to give a, a shout out to Josh. I mean, you're, the thread that you put out there on Jahan Dotson was awesome. I loved it. If you had to guess right now if Twitter prefers Damian Pierce or Jahan Dotson right now, who are you guessing? I would have to guess Damian Pierce. It is. It's 60-40 right now on a Twitter poll we're running. So tell me why that is foolish and why people are not high enough on Jahan Dotson. This is your your platform here because I'm with you. Like We're going to talk about Adam and I are really going to go into detail on Pickens next. I want you to talk about Dotson. Those were the two wide receivers I found myself drafting everywhere in that second round early on. Let me preface it by saying this. You know, As a commander fan, I am a noted skeptic when it comes to all of their uh, their draft picks. They they don't always draft well. Um, I, this is not a homer take. This is a fantasy football take that I'm seeing a value depressed that you need to take advantage of. And so uh, I believe Jahan Dotson is the most undervalued 2022 rookie for these reasons. One, you, here's what your your ideal scenario that you would want in a rookie is this: they are talented. They have opportunity and their peripherals look good. Those three things, those are the big three things. So you have some cases like Brees Hall where you know the talent is there. It will win opportunity eventually, but not right now. And then you have guys like Damian Pierce who their, their, uh, you know, their player profiler, it's not nearly as impressive as Brees Hall, not even close. And yet he's got opportunity, but not that talent. So he's a sell me you know we buy those with talent that don't have opportunity because that's going to win out but then you have the unique few that have talent and we're talking about Jahan Dotson 91st percentile dominator rating 96th percentile target share in the Big Ten at a at a university with terrible quarterback play Um, you know you have the talent he's got amazing crisp routes Uh, he doesn't drop anything and he plays bigger than he actually is um, you know who he comps like Terry McLaurin, who's not who's about the same same size uh, with the same skill set. So you're talking about very similar guys. You have the talent, and then you have opportunity in the preseason and throughout all of camp. He's running with the ones opposite Terry McLaurin. You've got a guy in the slot with Curtis Samuel, who's often injured. J- Jahan Dotson's not leaving the field when it comes to playing in the slot or outside. He doesn't have to be the alpha. He doesn't even have the defense's attention. And then the third thing, you go to peripherals. The peripherals would be team situation, game script, quarterback, those types of things. One one peripheral that you look for is first-round draft capital. You're, you're talking about a guy that the team is heavily invested in relative to Chris Olave and Jamison Williams as well, who they gladly traded down to get their guy, Dotson. Um, whether they should have, that's up to you. But they did. They love him, which means he's going to get opportunity. He's going to get run. He's not on a short leash. He's starting on the weekly. He's got draft capital to support it. He's going to have a long leash. And then you go to situation. I'm a Commanders fan. I know our defense is terrible. Terrible. They did nothing to address it. We are going to be giving up a lot of points, which means you're talking about shootouts. You're also talking about uh, you know, a team that doesn't have the run game 
like the, uh, Carson Wentz and the Colts did last year. Carson Wentz is not going to be able to hide at all. He's not going to be able to hide behind a good line that lost Brandon Scherf. He's got no running game even close to JT, and you know what that means? He's going to throw the ball a lot. And you know what else we know about Carson Wentz? He doesn't like throwing to his running backs. He loves to just lob the ball down the field. And who's down the field? Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, that are going to be running across from each other. So you're talking about a guy that has all three things checked off for me. Talent, opportunity, peripherals that is being drafted in the early to mid second round of a depressed rookie class. This is absurdity. So that is that is why if I can trade Damian Pierce for Jahan Dotson straight up, I'm gladly doing it. But here's the thing. You don't even have to. That poll suggests that you can get, uh, you know, Damian Pierce in a three for Jahan Dotson in a two or something like that. And those are absolutely deals that, that I'm smashing every single day of the week. Love Jahan Dotson. And I think he's just extremely undervalued. Great analysis, man. I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, I love that. I got Jahan Dotson in Smash 4 at like 204. Could not have been more excited about that because I think that's great value. And and Pierce went after him. And we're at a spot now where you can make that flip. You can make that change. And I think that is a great area. Um, Adam, the other part of this podcast is we really wanted to talk about George Pickens. So on the flip side, George Pickens' is, camp hype is higher than what Pierce is. I mean, it's 78-22 in that same kind of poll. Those all guys were all taken in that same area. There are some Pickens deals out here that are quite interesting, you know, and I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I am in the camp of, like, we have a guy here who, if he didn't get injured, the draft capital would have been higher, and he looks the part of a true alpha wide receiver. You know, the, the Deontay Johnson re-signing, I think stings a little bit to be that clear cut number one, but Adam, what are some trades you're seeing? And talk to me a little bit about George Pickens. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's just a fascinating prospect, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about uh, player, uh, you know, you, you have not only the team that is renowned. There's not a team that's renowned more than the Steelers and and picking later round talent. Now he's not a late round talent, right? He was picked in the second round. To your point, Dad has first round type of talent. So that's well known injury risk, but certainly uh, upside uh, trades that I'm seeing with him are kind of, uh, you know, like a Christian him for a Christian Watson and, and a 23 second. I've seen that, um, you know, picks where you can effectively, uh, you know, you know, insulate, which is the coin phrase on this podcast right? Trying to find ways where you can cash out in him. But I will also say that it's that even though that his, his uh, looking at his, you know, where he's gone up, he hasn't gone up to the point where I think he's overvalued either. I think that if you can potentially get a, a good steal on the buy side, I think the spreads are pretty uh, small with him, meaning that it's not like, you know, a Pierce where you are seeing some wide variant in values on the trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in Pickens, you have your believers that already have them, but then you might have some folks that are willing to, to make a quick flip on him. And I think those are the kind of players that I wanted to buy from, especially for your, you know, um, really for any, any team, but especially like a one-year punt is perfect in my mind. So for him, you know, he profiles, you know, like a Jerry Judy, right? If you're talking about his metrics, look, but I, I like him 
better personally, not only because of the situation, not that I don't like Wilson throwing Judy the ball, but if you're looking at longevity, if you're looking at the, the that he potentially, I think he's first round talent, mm-hmm. uh, even though he got drafted in the second to your point, dad, I, I just love him, love him as, as a long-term play. So for me, even though he's gone up in value, he's one of the few that I think that you could actually see a, a big pop off in value, especially, you know, would not surprise me if, if uh, you know, if week one, he gets a bomb from, uh, from Mitch and he is just, you know, the craze of the regular season. This is still a guy that I think you can go out there and buy. I mean, 6'3", 200 pounds, early breakout age. You know, he's still just 21 years old. You alluded to it, but on playerprofiler.com, his best comparable player is Jerry Judy. I think Pickens is still a value, and I don't think it's going to be by week six. I think by week six, his value is going to go up a little bit. And if you're in a situation, again, we talked about it with the quarterbacks, but with the wide receivers, and you're in a situation where you have the you know, there's the elite couple players, and then there's that rounds three through five where we have a lot of guys in that 27, 28-year-old range where I feel like if you go off down into Pickens, you know, you, you can get some serious value added on, you know, in an area where you could even get, I mean, I could see transitioning just from a Keenan Allen. I could see you transition down, you know, from, there's a lot of guys in that area, even a Terry McLaurin. You just get yourself younger and give yourself more upside. Pickens well, is a player. That's what I wanted to ask you, Dad. If you if you had a second, just to you guys, I, I I've been seeing, uh, you know, just to kind of put this in perspective of a few names that I wanted to have you guys rank for me because um, I've seen Pickens go for a 2023 I, one. I, I have seen it straight up. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen it multiple times actually. But I wanted to see what you guys thought, just to put the value of Pickens in perspective with these four assets late 2023-1 George Pickens Brandon Ayuk and Gabe Davis these are guys that are uh, that I've seen go in similar areas of startups I've seen uh, I've seen Pickens more so shipped out for that late 2023-1 but are we talking about these these assets being close I've seen some guys that are like I love Ayuk we have some noted Ayuk truthers in our Patreon um, that would have him first but uh, would would do we see any of those really uh, you know ahead of the other ones or are they all kind of close? I just wanted to kind of ask you that to put Pickens' value in perspective. To clarify again, that was the late twenty three first. Yep. Pickens. Yep. Ayuk and the fourth one was uh, Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. Okay. For me, and and I know based off of trade values, I would say it's twenty three first, Pickens, and then Ayuk. And last would be Gabe Davis. But I think this is an interesting scenario where I was in Smash 7 and I was talking with, with, with uh, John and I was like, yo, who do I take here? And I ended up, I did take Ayuk above Pickens at that time because there was a lot of hype with him. And as I can see a scenario here where you, in that area of the draft, and I believe that's, you know, your rounds 8 through 10 of your Dynasty startup, you have to tell yourself narratives and believe one way or another. Because I think Amon Ross St. Brown was in that. I know you don't like him. But there's like a lot of guys in that area, right, that are like, depending on how you speak to it, you can you can breathe life into that. And I, I think if I had 110 to 112, I, I, I'm really close with Pickens. I have Ayuk slightly off. I would not pay a late first for Ayuk yet. You know, and like I, I just, I, I see a lot with, Jimmy Garoppolo re-signing with, with San Francisco and potential, you know, not 100% believing in Trey Lance. Don't tell anybody that. But be, Trey Lance being able to support Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Kittle. 
where I think Pickens is going to move to number one in that depth chart within the next year for sure because of that alpha type mentality. And I think Gabe Davis is another guy. We talked about that before we jumped on here. Is like Gabe Davis, you could tell me he's going to have 1,100 yards and six touchdowns and be worth the 23 first, and I would believe it. And I would also believe that if you told me he had 500 yards and struggled, I would also believe that because we're in a situation where he struggled to get on the field last year. And when he did towards the end, he popped off. But that's kind of how I see it is, is those four. I would say that 23 first and really depending on where you're at you know, and what your needs are. I have Pickens really close. Then I drop down just a little bit for Ayuk. And then I drop down again for, for Gabe Davis. How do you see that, Adam? Yeah, the the for me it's definitely the twenty three first is like its own it's its own tier above the three, um, even the late one. Uh, but I do think that the, the other three are close enough. And, and kind of to your point, Dad, you can make an argument for all three depending on not only the team but also uh, talent. Because I would say Pickens as a talent is better than Gabriel Davis, but Davis is in a superior mm-hmm. situation, right? So that's where team dependency for me leans me the other way. So not to cop out, but I think that has to be said here. Um, and I do think IU comes with, you know, has the upside, Not I would say not as much as Davis, but comes with more risk. So for that reason, I have uh, Davis two, Pickens three, IU four, but they're, they're close. Um, I think you can, you can pick them apart based off of situation of the team. But um, I, I'll just say too, you know, a huge Gabe Davis fan myself, but I, you know, I would say Josh made an excellent point at the beginning of the pod is that, you, that part of his good analysis with Dotson is that that talent will prevail at the end. Mm-hmm. So you have to, especially for a longer term one year punt or rebuild, that's where I would, I would pick Pickens over Davis. But you know, with that said, again, you got to consider the risks and the upside for all these players. And we talked about year one punts, trying to get in that round seven, eight, nine. I mean, you have, you have your Elijah Moore and, and Godwin falls into that area. Jamison Williams, Devonta Smith, Chris Olave, Darnell Mooney, Sky Moore. Like, that was Brandon Ayuk, Gabe Davis. They were all in that area. And I feel like that's where, you know, you can – those are the guys that can have some serious upside where, Josh, if you believe in one of those guys more than the other, and I, I never advocate making those one-for-one, one, trading a wide receiver for a wide receiver, and unless – try to get a secondary piece. So, you know, depending where you're at, a lot of people might, you might be high on Gabe Davis, I might be high on Pickens, and we do a, a trade where, you know, you get Davis, I get Pickens, then you get a running back that you prefer, and I talk about it a lot, where you're actually winning twice if you hit the way you want it to go, and you're getting your guys. Um, how does that line up with what we were saying? Do you have it pretty close with those four? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, the year one punt is very interesting to me, because I view George Pickens as a year one perfect year one punt asset. I think Adam even mentioned that. I think George Pickens will shine. He'll have his moments this year, but it's really going to be next year and beyond. So that's why the conversation of a late 2023-1 and Pickens is interesting to me um, because uh, you know, you're talking about both assets being realized near the same time. Now, the only way that I would choose Pickens over a 2023 first is if I thought this year his value could exceed that. Mm -hmm. I don't see a way that happens with a Pickett or Mitch-led Steelers team with Fryermuth, Claypool, and Deontay. I don't see how that would exceed a 2023 first. So therefore, it's way safer to just prefer the 2023 one, no matter how late it is. So I agree with you all, 2023 one is first. Gabe Davis would be last. 
because of all those wide range of outcomes. I could see I could see an incredible year for Gabe Davis, like 900 yards and 12 touchdowns. I could see a ridiculous mm-hmm. amount of touchdowns for him, even if the yardage is not there. I'm just a little worried about, about what that's going to look like. So I, I understand he could be the best of the whole crew. Uh, I'd probably take, um, you know, in a contending team, I'd rather have Ayuk. I think he's really going to shine this year, even if you believe in whether or not you believe in Trey Lance. I think he's really taken a step. So I'd probably rank it 2023-1, Ayuk and Pickens are both interchangeable for me depending on build. And then uh, then Gabe Davis, just because of the uncertainty. I, I, I didn't mean to cut you guys off there. I just thought this is an interesting thing to discuss because Pickens is, uh, you know, I guess I'm at the point where I'd probably buy him for a 2023 and 2024 second, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, like two seconds, I'm in, I think. I think the, <laughs> but, I think the key with it all, and, and I, I brought it up last week, is it's a 24 first. You know, like I feel like that's what you're going to have to pay. And the nice part is if you believe in the prospect, I was out on the 22 class. Now I'm starting to like some of them and I'm willing to throw 24 capital that way. You know, and I feel like you might be able to get something in there. But if you believe in Pickens, you get a, give up a 24 first. Now you have two years to see where that, you know, you have some time to develop to get more onto that value. And I, I think to your point with the reason I have 23 first over both of them is right now, I mean, if you look at draft capital, a 23 first, you can buy. I saw Drake London go in my FFBC for a 23 first. I saw DK Metcalf go for a 23 first. DJ Moore, you know, Deontay Johnson, like all these guys, even even more so, like, you know, you look at being able to get a contender, you could get McLaurin plus in that 23 first. You could get Keenan Allen, where if you are a contender with that late first, you can buy something a little bit more here and now to go win that championship. Well, and that's smart to say because you, uh, you know, asset management is part of dynasty, right? And and knowing you can really be in on a player, but not draft them in a rookie draft and wait till later to buy them. For example, mm-hmm. Dotson, who I, I just ranted about, I did not draft him in a single rookie draft. However, after the draft, I acquired four shares. And that's, and, and I have, uh, you know, trades to show you that, but, but like, uh, you know, you can view it when you're on the clock in a rookie draft. Everybody's super excited. They don't want to trade away their pick because they just want the 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 rush of clicking draft, right? But afterwards, when the asset becomes more boring, like a Jahan Dotson, where you're like, oh yeah, he's on the Commanders, he's got Carson Wentz, then you go and buy. It's all relative uh, to cost. And I actually had an interesting trade with Dotson and Malik Willis that I thought would be cool to at least uh, you know discuss for a second, but. I traded Terry McLaurin and Marcus Mariota, who Adam's buying. Mariota truther, I heard. I heard. Um, uh, who, who's Adam, who Adam's buying. And I got Jahan Dotson, a 2024 first, and Malik Willis. So, you, you, so uh, this is a 16-team league, by the way. So I guess the context is set there. But that was me trying to buy low on Malik, getting a player I believe in in Dotson, and trying to protect it with a 2024 first. Uh, you know, I'm a contending team, so it's a little bit risky. But would you guys do that? Is that not something you would you would do? I love the upside of what you're going to be able to potentially do with that if you wanted to or if Dotson comes off. I mean, if you told me I could get Dotson in a 24 first for McLaurin, McLaurin's 27, I believe Dotson's 21, maybe 22. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're resetting the clock and getting that insulated value. Malik Willis is, is a clear 
clear upgrade over Mariota. And I think a lot of people struggle with that kind of trade this time of year, right? Is they want Keenan Allen. They want Devontae right. Adams. They want those kind of things. And it, it's a great time if you believe in that next prospect up. You guys know that I've, you know, dealt Hopkins in the past for DK Metcalf in a first, his rookie year. You know, and I was like making moves like that where it's like, right now I have Devontae Adams and I'm trying to get Diggs in a second or I'm trying to get you know, DJ Moore in a first or, you know, you get that 80% in there. So I, I personally love the deal. I think, unfortunately, McLaurin is a better player than his value is, in my opinion. I think he could have a fantastic season and I, I believe he could be a back-end wide receiver one. That's my only, you know, leery part in there. But I feel like yeah. by getting Dotson, I believe mid-season you'll be able to buy Keenan Allen for a 24 first if that is your requirement to, sure. to fill in that spot. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I don't really have much to add except uh, that I'm not a truther, but I will say <laughs> that, uh, that uh, no, no, I, I think, you know, McLaurin is a perfect, you know, um, you know, asset to, I think, to diversify. And that's effectively what you're trying to do here with the upside potential. So love it. Guys, this was a fun podcast. I mean, I, this is the longest we've gone on a podcast, you know, and, and I think the three of us think very similarly, but it was a great, great vibe. A lot of great points that both of you guys make. Again, uh, you know, I want both of you guys to drop your Twitter handle when we're done here. But these are some guys that really deserve some more follows in the in the Dynasty community. Great minds, always willing to answer questions. Literally, like I, I know you guys DM me all the time, but I, I I text these guys, you know, and I'm just like verify what some of my thinking is and, and, and try to talk to that. So thanks again for both of you guys coming on, Adam. You know, I'll let you close first. Anything that you're working on, and then your handle, so you know, so more of our listeners can follow you guys. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it as always. Good to good to have Josh on as well. And, uh, you know, my, my Twitter handle is R underscore Adam Armour. So that's uh, Armour spelled A-R-M-O-U-R. And, uh, yeah, I've been a little little slightly uh, uh, <laughs> light on the Twitter lately just because, uh, you know, the, with the markets and I'm a financial advisor, things have been crazy. But, uh, you know, whenever I see, uh, you know, DMs or uh, certain things that excite me, I, I jump right on it because there's a lot of time right now and uh, going into the season next, year, next, uh, next week here on the 11th. So super stoked. Thanks for having me on. No problem. And Josh, you know, first first podcast out of the way. Great job. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you as well? Yeah, on Twitter, it's at JB under Shepherd. And I've just really uh, enjoyed the time. I've got a couple of threads that, I, that I've been uh, just kind of, uh, you know, diagramming a little bit. And that's so you can look forward to maybe a Wandale Robinson uh, thread. And actually, Malik Willis has really struck my my attention because there's a lot of uh, a lot of conversation going on. So just some guys that I like to consider that I think might be a, a good buy um, at a good price. But uh, just a note to all the listeners, too. I play in leagues with these guys. These guys are legit. They're active. They know what they're talking about and they practice what they what they talk about, too. So just a, just a vote of confidence for all the listeners. They, they do exactly what they're talking about. So legit guys and good guys. Appreciate that. You know, like, again, I, I know the guys that are in the Smash Patreon aren't going to want to hear this, but, guys, you it is a surefire way to put yourself ahead of your competition. There are so many guys there in that group chat that are like, I said, hey, we're going to offer a referral bonus. You know, you guys can get some money if you guys – recruit new people they're like we don't want anybody from our leagues in here because these guys are in here we have some of the sharpest guys out there and 
if you guys want to join again, hit me up in the DM. I'll have to check to see if there's anybody in your league so they'll uh, try to kick you out. No, but these guys are in there. They're always talking. I want to thank both of you guys for being so active with that. And I want to thank you guys, the listeners, for tuning in and enjoy the process.